تسقي حياتي I welcome you once again to 40 Hadith of Imam Nawawi series podcast presented by We Here and We Obey Ladies on the Halaqah. In today's podcast, we are hoping to discuss Hadith number 22. Subhanallah sisters, this is another hadith that shows the thirst of knowledge that the Sahabas, the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, who lived with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, had during the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Even last week we discussed a hadith where a Sahaba, a companion, wanted to know something from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, so that he would not ask anyone for further explanation in his life. So inshallah, let me read the hadith for you sisters. Today's hadith is narrated on the authority of Abu Abdullah Jabir ibn Abdullah al-Ansari radiallahu He said, a man questioned the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He did not mention the questioner's name in this hadith sisters. So a man came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and said, do you think that if I perform the obligatory prayers, fast in Ramadan, treat as lawful that which is halal and treat as forbidden that which is haram and do not increase upon that involuntary good deeds, then I shall enter paradise? He وسلم, replied, yes. This hadith is recorded in Sahih al-Muslim sisters. This hadith shows the eagerness of the sahabas to know the boundaries of Islam so that they can keep themselves within the boundaries that are defined by our Creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and His Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Subhanallah, they wanted to know the boundaries. What are the minimums and the maximums so that they can achieve their goal in their life, sisters? Subhanallah, they wanted to define what Islam really means and what Islam really wants from us. Look at their goal, sisters. What are our goals in our lives, sisters? For some, it's getting married. For some, to have children. To some, to buy a house. Subhanallah. They all are halal. But what is our ultimate goal? What is our final goal in our life? Of course, it is to enter Jannah. And it is to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All those temporary goals in our lives, which are halal, of course, should lead us to attain our final destination, final goal, sisters. That was how the Sahabas and the Sahabias lived their lives in this world. Subhanallah, there are many Sahabas and Sahabias who were given the glad tidings of the people of Jannah. Subhanallah, imagine even when they were walking on this earth, they have been given the glad tidings of paradise. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa looking at these Sahabas and Sahabias and said, you are among those who are in Jannah. Why, sisters? It's because of their lifestyles, their behavior, their iman, their istiqama, all were leading to Jannah. The Sahaba who came to Rasulullah in this very hadith, his goal was to enter Jannah. Subhanallah, he asked Rasulullah do you think if I perform the obligatory prayers, 
fast in Ramadan, treat as lawful that which are halal, and treat as forbidden that which is haram, and do not increase upon that, then I shall enter paradise. He وسلم, said yes. One very important aspect of this hadith is that Prophet وسلم, is answering a question about whether some deeds will lead a person to paradise. This in itself gives the hadith a great weight, sisters. The Sahaba asks, Tell me if I were to perform the obligatory prayers fast Ramadan. The questioner, the Sahaba who asked the question, explicitly mentioned the prayers, the five daily prayers, sisters, and the fast. This is a sign of the emphasis that the believers gave these two acts. In this hadith, the questioner only mentioned the prayers and fasting in the month of Ramadan. He didn't mention about the zakah or hajj. Now, you may be wondering why this Sahaba did not ask about those two aspects, those two pillars of Islam. Well, giving the explanation, the scholars of Islam, they give two reasons. First of all, they say these two acts, that is zakah and hajj, may not have been obligatory at the time that the person asked this question to Prophet ﷺ. That means only the prayer and the fasting was obligatory at that time. Secondly, they give the explanation saying these two, the zakah and the hajj, they require wealth and the questioner may not have been a person of wealth and hence these were not obligatory upon him. So basically he is asking about those acts which he can perform, sisters. So let's move on. He is continuing the question, sisters. He asks, if I treat the lawful as permissible and treat the forbidden as prohibited. Meaning of this phrase is to treat the lawful as permissible by simply believing that it is permissible and to treat the forbidden as prohibited by believing it is prohibited and staying away from it, sisters. A Muslim must believe in the permissibility of whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed. He must also believe in the prohibition of whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden. These are essential aspects of the religion of Islam. If a person knowingly does not meet these conditions, he falls out of the fold of Islam. Both forbidding what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed and allowing what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden are great sins indeed and go against the steps that lead one to paradise as implied in this hadith sisters. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in surah number 5 verse number 87 Ya amanu la tuharrimu tayyibati ma ahallallahu lakum wa la ta'tadu inna allaha la yuhibbul mu'tadeen O you who have believed, do not prohibit the good things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made lawful to you. And do not transgress. Indeed, Allah does not like transgressors. Then that sahaba asked Rasulullah saying, and I do not add anything to that. What is this phrase mean, sisters? Basically, the questioner is asking the Prophet whether is it sufficient for him to do only the obligatory deeds like only doing the five daily salah with regards to prayer, will he enter paradise? So Rasulullah said yes. Of course, from the teachings of Islam, we know that the voluntary acts are not necessary to make oneself enter into paradise. 
all what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made compulsory to do should be done and those recommended acts like sunnah prayers, extra fasting, sadaqah, umrah, all will add value to our account. In fact, we should not refrain from all the voluntary acts by reading this hadith with the shallow meaning sisters. Indeed, there are many ahadiths that talk about the voluntary deeds. Subhanallah, we should understand that in another narration, Aisha, our mother narrates, the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, he said, Follow the right course, seek nearness to Allah, and give glad tidings. Verily, none of you will enter paradise by his deeds alone. Let me repeat, sisters. None of you will enter paradise by his deeds alone. So the Sahaba said, not even you, O Rasulullah. The Prophet wasallam said, not even me, unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants me his mercy. Know that the most beloved deed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that which is done regularly, even if it is small. Subhanallah, Rasulullah is saying that we can't enter paradise, we can't enter Jannah by our deeds alone. Did you understand, sisters? Allahu Akbar. He وسلم, say, is saying that Allah's mercy that makes us enter paradise. So these two ahadith explains us that the minimum should be done to become a dutiful servant to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At the same time, our deeds alone will not make us the dwellers of paradise. In a beautiful hadith al-Qudsi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying something very special and something very relevant to this particular hadith. Let me read the portion of the hadith that explains about the obligatory deeds and the voluntary deeds, sisters. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, My slave does not draw close to me by anything more beloved to me than that which I have made obligatory upon him. And my slave continues to draw closer to me by doing voluntary deeds until I love him. And if I love him, I will be his hearing with which he hears, his vision with which he sees, his hand with which he strikes and his foot with which he walks. If he were to ask of me, I would surely give to him. If he were to seek refuge with me, I would surely grant him refuge. I do not hesitate about anything that I want to do as I hesitate to take the soul of a believer. For he hates the death and I hate to hurt him. Subhanallah, this hadith clearly and concisely highlights the way to become a close friend of Allah. Subhanallah, all the believers has to do is reflect deeply upon this hadith and understand it properly. Then follow that by acting upon what it says. Ibn Rajab, rahimahullah, he said, His close friends who are near to him, that is, close friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, may be divided into two categories. The first of which is those who draw near to him by doing that which is enjoined, which includes doing obligatory duties and avoiding things which are prohibited. Because all of that comes under the heading of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has enjoined upon his slaves. The second category is those who draw near to him after doing obligatory duties by doing voluntary deeds, voluntary actions. Subhanallah, what a great explanation. So, a Muslim must strive hard 
first of all to establish the obligatory duties that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has enjoined upon us such as the five daily prayers which are the most important of the practical obligatory duties as well as fasting in the month of Ramadan, giving zakah, performing hajj if she or he is able to and all the other obligatory practical duties such as honoring one's parents, upholding ties of kinship, fulfilling the rights of one's wife and children, enjoying what is right and forbidding what is wrong to the best of one's ability. And also a Muslim must strive hard to fulfill the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is by refraining from that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has instructed us to refrain from. This includes refraining from zina, refraining from riba, refraining from alcohol, stealing, wrongdoing, backbiting, gossiping and all the other prohibited actions. If a person does these things, then he or she must hasten to repent and mend his or her ways. With regard to all these matters, one needs to acquire Islamic knowledge in order to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with insight and understanding. Moreover, after that the believer must do a lot of super obligatory actions by means of which he or she may attain a lofty status before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and attain the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as mentioned in this hadith. With the Nasiha, I am winding up today's podcast, sisters. Inshallah, I am hoping to meet you all with another podcast next week. Until then, stay tuned with us. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.